0: I told everyone to leave. It's like 6 p.m. And I was like, I'm not leaving this office tonight until I figure out what went down. And I had a huge wall, it was a big whiteboard wall. And I just, I had a beautiful mind moment, man. I just started writing stuff. I just started scribbling like crazy. And I sat back and <laughs> it's so cliche, right? Cause like the, the thing I discovered was the simplest of things It pissed me off.
1: How much do you value interest? how much did it hurt somebody said to lose that much how how much did it hurt well what was the emotions from going i'm making two hundred thousand dollars a month in my 20s to you saying i'm 1.7 million dollars did you ever wake up and go dude i I, think i made a big mistake i nearly killed myself i was really uh, oh yeah i was in the hospital every few
0: months Was it just Uh, stress? Stress, yeah. It destroyed me. I turned to alcohol. Okay. I mean, literally, okay, you know, you watch movies, right? And you have those moments where someone's sitting in the corner, they got a paper bag, scotch bottle, in a motel in the corner. It's storming outside, it's raining, it's under. I actually had that, like I was yeah. in Goa, India, Okay. and I would disappear for a week or two weeks at a time because why am I gonna be around? My CFO and all the people on my team, every call I'm getting, every email I'm getting is, we need 70 grand, we need oh, 100 like grand, debtors. we you, need 50 yeah. grand. You know? So I, co- I would come to a point where I'd just disappear. Yeah. i literally just disappear. And so it nearly destroyed. It hurt all my relationships, burned yeah. everything through. I tasted failure, right? So everyone, I, there was a period of time, I'm young, I'm, everyone around me is like, man, look at him. He's got everything. And then all of a sudden, I don't have everything. So fair weather friends,
1: did they disappear? Did you lose some
0: friends? <laughs> I lost a lot of friends, but I also gained a lot of friends, right. to be very honest with you. There's a lot of people who stood by me, who stood up for me. You know, I have a very close friend who's like my little brother who literally drained his entire bank account, gave me 150 grand. Bam. So that also, no you can that.
1: tell in those times,
0: like who your real friends are. Yeah, Absolutely. Are. So, I mean, it nearly killed and destroyed. I can laugh about it now, but at that time, but yeah, introspection is huge because I actually, there was a moment, I had to figure out what, it was okay that I was in that situation for me, but what wasn't okay is I didn't know why. Right, I needed to know what the heck happened. Yeah. So what I did is, the, this is the last day. I'm literally shutting down my last office, five thousand square foot, beautiful office. I literally picked every piece of furniture. Where were your offices? I saying I had one in Gaithersburg, two in India. Well, Gaithersburg, Maryland. Like, like he's you know, from. He's I'm from, from Maryland. Maryland.
1: Yeah. Somebody was asking, are you originally from India? I am originally from India. So Absolutely. you're Goa, India. You had two offices there. No, you? at Mumbai. I had one in Mumbai, oh, Mumbai and yeah. one in Hyderabad.
0: Goa is just. Like I've a I've been part to Hyderabad place. before. Yeah. Okay. So I had and one Mumbai, over there. Yeah. yeah. And and you speak Mumbai Telugu. I do not i'm actually punjabi so i'm from north part of okay punjabi. you're from yeah. north yeah. yeah i don't know why i'm all, i was all over the map but um so basically you know i had this moment this is like an actual thing that happens i'm, I'm sitting sitting there we've emptied out the whole office everything is out of there i'm supposed to drop the keys under the door for the landlord that night i told everyone to leave it's like 6 p.m and i was like i'm not leaving this office tonight until i figure out what went down and i had a huge wall it's a big whiteboard wall and I just I had a beautiful mind moment, man. I just started writing stuff. I just started scribbling like crazy. And I sat back and <laughs> it's so cliche, right? Because like the, the thing I discovered was the simplest of things. It pissed me off. Yeah. But at the same time, it taught me the biggest lesson. I'm so glad I learned it early. Yeah. So I don't have to face that mistake one day in the future when I have a lot more on the line. But it was this. There was a certain set of, re- of repetitive cycles I was running over the first six years that it took me to go from nothing to a 10 million a year company. Okay. It was a simple system. I would do it over and over again. I was relying on that relationship. So these ability. were
1: negative things. Cycles. These are good things. These, oh, are, these good are
0: good things. Good cycles. These, these are, because these you're are good saying, cycles.
1: Let's write some of these out because yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about psychology for those yeah. of you who are entrepreneurs, but we're always also going to talk about just life. It's 2018. Mm-hmm. People are like making New Year's resolutions. One of the things, my favorite quotes I posted on Twitter from Charlie Munger was, the recipe, the formula for misery is only learning from your own experience and not learning from other people's experience. You only learn from mistakes, Warren Buffett says, but they don't always have to be your own. So if you had to, let's list out, I'll let you do it. What did you find when you were examining this, you know, going from making millions to being millions in debt? What were like three biggest right. site, negative cycles? Let's start with the negative. The, bad the negative cycles? Yeah, what actually, did you do wrong? So what I
0: would say I did wrong was yeah. when I started to go down, right? Obviously yes. not during the good days. So the first thing when I went wrong is I stopped, do, I, I stopped doing risk analysis. All right, look, an entrepreneur, I heard this one thing someone said once that entrepreneurs, there's a, I was in there watching an interview and he said, people think entrepreneurs are risk takers, but they're actually exactly the yeah. opposite. If every good entrepreneur takes yeah. less risk. Exactly. Yes. They're going to do something where they calculate. So I had an idea. Here's what I thought. I thought an entrepreneur has an idea. They put everything in it. And then it just miraculously becomes. I never thought about what can happen if I put everything in it. Yeah. And it doesn't go in the right way. But turns out that the first six years that I was building my company, everything was calculated. -hmm. I was doing everything through, but I got the golden touch. I got overconfident, and suddenly I threw
1: the calculations out and just brought ego in. So you started thinking everything you did would automatically work, and you forgot to analyze. Golden glove, man. I thought I had the golden touch. I
0: could do whatever I wanted, and it would work. And that is point blank. That was youth and it was ego. All right, I, I just wasn't paying attention. Now the third thing that I noticed was not listening to my mentors. Okay? Because exactly what I should have done, what I eventually did to get myself out, I was told two years beforehand by my mentors.
1: So this is the negative. Let's talk about then. So those are three good lessons yeah. that we've all learned that have been good doing this thing. Yeah, for sure. Don't take, yeah. it's like people ask me about Bitcoin and crypto. How much? They're like, should I invest in Bitcoin and crypto? I'm like, well, how much do you make a year? 50 grand. Well, then put a hundred bucks in crypto. Worst case is you lose it. (laughs) But some people only have 50 grand. They put all 50 grand because they think everything automatically goes up and that's not how the game of life works. So risk analysis. The second, man, you watch UFC fights. I've been watching some of the, I I was uh, watching a recent fight where The guy started dancing on the other guy, like ah, and the dude knocked knocked him out. Like, (laughs) like, don't dance in a fight. You (laughs) uh, actually, I gotta go box in a second. But my my um, Ricky Funes is here. He trains me from Tengu. It's like a famous gym here in LA, and he told me he's won third. He's been in 38 street fights. He's from like Central America, like mean streets. And I said, what happened in the one fight you lost? He said. I took, you know, how you see guys get mad and fight, and they go to take their shirt off to be all tough. And he said, "Well, I was taking my shirt off. The guy knocked me out. That's like ego. That's ego. And then mentor. So let's, let's let's talk about what are the things you did to get back. Like people listening, let's say somebody's watching, they're like, 2017 was a bad year for them. How did you get back from making millions, losing millions? and to where you are now, which is making money again. Yep, all right, so look, everything
0: in life about success, about behavior, about psychology, everything is repetitive it's cyclical. There are patterns to be recognized to the good, to the bad, to the everything. So the very first thing I did is that night when I sat down and said, I'm not walking out of this room until I figure out what happened. So the first thing I did is I dissected the cycles and the seasons of the last six years where I had success. So I guess the word you could use is, I don't know, I guess an autopsy or a dissection. I wasn't really dead. So we'll just say dissecting. But what I'm really looking for is I'm looking for the cycles. I'm looking for if I had the good days, I'm to see what I was doing during that time, if I was having bad days during those six years. So I was trying to see what specifically was happening. The second thing that I did is instead of me trying to tell the market, my customers, my leads, people around me, what they should be buying from me, I refocused myself on the relationship. So what I actually did is owned up to all the crap that I did.
2: Hi, I'm Arusha Pires, host of a new podcast called Investing with IBD. Here are a few snippets from the conversations that we're having. Facebook. You know, it's coming back. I was really treating it as a counter trend kind of stock. You have these really fast moving stocks. You want to have a little bit slower moving stocks also in your portfolio. What Bill observed after sitting through many market corrections is that the market will come down, but you need to wait a few days and see if there's going to be continued power. And that's where he came up with the follow through day concept. (laughs) One of the most
1: interesting things is, you know, utilities have actually been very, very strong over the last 52 weeks. The work that we've done on yield curve inversion suggests that after the yield curve inverts, over the next year, utility performance is actually not that good.
2: Come join the conversation on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: So you basically said, what do you want versus were want- you selling the wrong thing, Do you think? I was selling the wrong things.
0: I was selling bad things. I was selling uh, a new thing every third day. Yeah. So I wasn't focusing on what's best for my customer. So I turned around and I admitted it. I actually sent out multiple emails saying, this is what's gone down. I'm sorry. I'm going to fix this. I want to earn your relationship back, earn your trust back. I literally doubled my opens and click-through rates in the span of about two weeks by simply acknowledging what I had done. Just being
1: honest with people. Just being
0: honest. Just being honest and open. And the third thing is I implemented, I took action. See, here's what was going on da- during that time. So let me, let me talk about why action's important because some of this stuff sounds cliche, but it isn't. So for example, at that very moment, I, have, I, mean, I had an awesome lawyer, one of the top firms, a great guy, uh, couldn't afford to hire him anymore, so he was doing work for me for free, just as a friend. Top advice he gave me, declare bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. You need to declare bank 1.7 million dollars in debt. What are you, gonna, where are you gonna come up with that overnight? Now, here's the thing though, right? I owed my parents, my parents mortgaged their whole home for me. Okay? I owed my really good friend, who's like my little brother, his entire life savings. I owed my affiliates, many of whom were my great friends. Mm-hmm. I owed vendors who I knew on a personal level whose children I had played with. So let me ask you, if I declare bankruptcy, how does that help me? Am I gonna call my right. father, right. who's my hero in life, and tell him, hey, you can't come after me because I declare bankruptcy, so hey, right. I'm good? So that wasn't gonna help me out. So rather than do that, I went back and I dared to do again which is mm-hmm. really difficult to do once you've been down and out. So what I did is I simplified, I repeated, and I had faith and trust, and I went out and did what I had done six so years ago. So you didn't
1: declare bankruptcy? Then. Not at all, no, not so at all. So what did the lawyer think? You think you were crazy? He thought I was crazy.
0: And you know what? I paid back every penny of that debt in 16 months. I was back huh. on top. And the lawyer literally came to me and said, how the hell did you do it? And did I he, told him.
1: Did the lawyer go, now you can pay me back for all my free work? He sent me the bill, man. He sent me the bill. damn lawyer. He sent me the Holy bill. Ago, it wasn't free money? anymore.
0: That's all right. Here's Someone cool. said,
1: let me just take some quick notes. Someone says, James Thompson said, My family is in one point is 1.3 million in debt. We did not declare bankruptcy. We worked smarter. Yeah. 50 Cent declared bankruptcy. <laughs> Somebody said that's that introspection is definitely a good idea. What about did you have any Var, Ivan Vargas said? What about residual income? Did you have any from your past business? I did. I did. Right. So just because I was in debt and just because I
0: was losing money doesn't mean I wasn't making anything. Right. Right. So when I cut my cost back from, I went from a team of 96 to six. What, was all, three what were offices? they all doing? God, I, mean, I don't know. Marketing this. Here, here's how it worked. Okay. So you come to me in the morning, you went, you know, let's say you're one of my team members. You come to me and you're like, Anik, we got a problem. My solution was Go find someone, hire them. Right. Solve. I don't know. We had a team of 46 developers in India. You were throwing too much money at them. Oh things. my God. I didn't, because I'd never built a technology before. Yeah. So, how about this? How about this? Here's a divine idea that I've now learned and my lessons learned in life. If I'm going to do something I've never done before as an entrepreneur, that's all right. That's good as long as you calculate it. But if I've never built a tech company before, don't you think it would be worth some time to me right. find someone who has and have right. them mentor me? Yeah. Have them show me that. I never did. I just started throwing a bunch of people at it. Yeah. So, I was burning capital. And so imagine this 96 to 6 we went wow and I really didn't really feel the difference
1: yeah it's I mean, we easy were still to getting, get too much cost. Yeah, right.
0: we were just still getting everything done. I mean, we cut an entire division out that was bleeding. But so I had residual income. Yeah. I still had my brand. I still had trust. I had a huge email list. That was my biggest residual income. Without that, it would have been difficult. But what I had to do is cut my cost so much that that residual income would then become profitable and not a, not a loss. Yeah. But I, I wasn't making enough resi- residual income that I was going to pay back 1.7 million in debt right. quickly. Right. So I still had to go out and do new. And yeah. do again and do fresh, um, which is what I did.
1: Yeah. 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 It's, in business, you have to supervise. I will tell you this yeah. it's not just how many people you have hired, it's how many people you can supervise. If yeah. you can only supervise one person, you should only have one person. And so you got to yeah. build out that bandwidth, man. Uh, somebody said, what cryptocurrency should I buy that's under a dollar? I just put some stuff on my Snapchat. I had a 16-year-old guy here, Jai, who's like an app developer, he, app developer at 16. He's already built apps for Oreo, like corporation and all this, and, and he's sharp on crypto. He got in Sia coin. What price did he get in? Sia, he loves that. We were talking about that. Uh, see a bat, and uh, he's not big on Ripple. Some of you people, we'll see. <laughs> it's hard to know. Some people are loving Tron. All right, let's do. Let's talk for a second here on some of the psychology. So yeah, now we got it. this. So you're known for in business as somebody that teaches copywriting. Let Let's go. Oh, well, that, that was, was some Facebook ads. Yeah, we, that's something for that's those cool. of you who are in my um, how to make money online e-commerce program make sure you check the lessons, he was recording some, yeah. how to create Facebook ads, how to do your targeting, super important, like Facebook's a gold mine. So let's talk about what do people need to know on the psychology right. of persuasion closing deals? So let's go back to why we call this video, right? Like okay. I, um, I stole this
0: Lamborghini to make this video for you. That was the title of an ad I've done that's gotten well over 20, 22 million views now, all right? So, how does that connect loud. back? How does that connect back? Oh, she's listening. I mean, keep talking. I gonna right. say we got Google technical errors. All right, so how does that connect back to closing a sale, getting a sale, and psychology of closing? So, I got a five step formula. Listen, I don't care if you're selling a little trinket, like a pen on, a, on an e com store, if you're selling consulting, like your social media agency, or if you're selling. It doesn't really matter, a course on the internet, or even if you're on the phone pitching someone, or if you're selling life insurance, this five-step formula has worked all the way through. So we'll reverse engineer, even in ads, by the way, not just in like copywriting for, um, you know, like a webinar or
1: a sales pitch page, even as, as simple as an ad. So- And even like getting a job or people yeah. that are trying to convince somebody to marry them. Yeah. Well, those are all sales, <laughs> right. you're selling something, you're Persuasion. selling yourself,
0: right? So- so literally, right off the bat, in, in, in the first thing of psychology, when I meet with someone, you know, when I know that there's something I'm going to be trying to persuade them to do, I'm gonna, i i got to influence you. So right off the bat, I need to get to the point for you. I need yeah. to get your attention. I need to tell you what's in it for you. Just if you could give me the next few minutes of your time, what is in it for you? Yes. What am I doing there? So I'm actually trying to get your interest. Now, there's a couple of ways I can do it. So in an ad, if I don't, I don't want to go right off the bat. Sometimes ads that are like, I'm going to teach you how to do this, this, this. Right. That's boring because it's done. It's seen, which is why I put the Lambo in it. Right. So in this little video that I made that's been seen millions of times, many of you have probably seen it. It's literally a little skit. My friend's sitting there. Is completely obviously made up. He's sitting there and you see him kind of typing away. He says something and I quickly grab his key and I just slide away. And the next shot, you have a beautiful white Lamborghini. So why is that? Because Lamborghinis make people stop. Yeah. The word Lamborghini is at the top. And someone saying they stole a Lamborghini in and of itself is intriguing. So the introduction in an ad sometimes is something that grabs attention, right? And that can be more than enough. But in a situation where I'm trying to close a sale, I'm going to get right to the point and say, what's in it for you? That's a headline, right? So I was doing this prior example. Let's say... um, I go to pages all the time. And so let's say I go to a page and it says, best social media agency in Los Angeles.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: All right, that's common. You'll see people and they'll be so damn proud of that. Versus you see another one that says, how I can help you increase your business by 256% or more with a 30 minute consultation session that's free. Which one's gonna do more? Right? This one may look all more professional, but that one tells me why I should look at your page, yeah. why I should call you, why I should talk to you. So introduction, bam, hit right where, you know, hit the gut, what, what's in it for them? Let me move into story. This is one of my favorite ones, because I think it's completely misunderstood. So we tell story, or we think story, someone says, okay, so when I'm sitting with a client or when I'm sitting with someone I wanna close a sale, I'm going to be, hey, you know what? I was featured on uh, Inc. 500. I'm a Business Week guy. I've won this award. I've spoken in front of this many people. And the whole time I'm telling you that, your mind subconsciously in a psychology is going, good for you.
1: Right. Who cares?
0: I'm not. Right. So how is your solution going to help me? I'm not special like you. Yeah, Whereas I turn around and I'm like, you know what, Ty? I don't know if you like writing or not. I don't know if you like selling or not, but 15 years ago, I couldn't even stand up in front of two people and say my name, which is, by the way, a true story. I was shy, I was introvert, hated anything about selling or copywriting. First grade, first subject I almost actually failed was writing. And so I'm going to tell you about how the very thing I'm going to teach you, I was the worst at it. And I'm going to tell you about how I came to discover. Right. Right? So I call this the Batman versus Robin. Most people think that in a sales situation, they need to be Batman. Mm -hmm. They need to position themselves as Batman. And what I say is, uh uh-uh. Position yourself as Robin. Position what you're selling as Batman. Hmm. Why? Because if I come to you and I tell you, hey, man, you should—you should— fight crime at night. And you're like, know, why? Well, because Batman does. You're gonna come around and say, I'm not a freaking Batman. Yeah. You know, I didn't get bit by a bat, get special powers. So it's not However, relatable it's enough. It's not relatable. I mean, you're not connecting. Yeah. But if I tell you to be the guy that drives Batman to the next crime scene right. and help him out, you're it like, feels realistic. I could do that, right? So make, your, so your story is about, it's, it's to visualize it, it's how you, Robin, found Batman. The system, the thing, the product, what you're selling at the end of the day. So, you put yourself at their level, not above or below, right at their level. Connect with them because if what you found did this for you, it can surely do it for them as well. So, that's the story. That's you want just to tell. a story. A lot of people use it to build credibility, but
1: it's not. It's actually all about connection. The average goldfish has more attention. Yeah. Nine said, who is eight? this guy with tie? This is Anik or Onik. Onik, depending on how you read it. A N I K, Sengal and um so he's from maryland and i've been an affiliate partner with him for i don't know probably a year or something no more now two, two two years two plus years yeah. yeah and so he's a master copywriter internet does internet marketing teaches people how to sell things online and um, yeah he's got some good stuff so he, he was in town and i was like hey come by do a little show episode with me and so we did this one on like and he just talked about how he was making you know two hundred thousand dollars net a month for years, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two
0: thousand ten.
1: Yeah, crashed, burned, went one point seven million in debt, and recovered. By the way, I'm going to put up a link later. Uh, let me just put it here. It's just go to my website and then just put onic at tylobes.com slash onic A-N-I-K. I'll have more stuff, more stuff about him, what we're doing together, some of his programs if you want. tylopezcom slash Onik. Not trying to sell anybody on anything, but if you just want to check out more stuff, check it out there. Okay, back to this. All right, let's get back. TaiLopez.com slash Onik. And good. we're right, here. right So let's talk. Back, oh, man. man. There you go. Got too much content? Okay, so what do you do for content? All right, so content. Step this three. This is where you do
0: credibility. Okay. All right? Most people think, I hear this all the time, and you know what, it was true. So people used to say, if you want to sell someone, just sell them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Stop with the content, it takes up time. Do you know what, Let's, you were just talking about, someone stole my thunder, by the way. Okay. They talked about the goldfish, the attention span. Yes. So one of the things I teach is that direct marketing is going away. Okay. The day of direct marketing is gone. We are in an age that I call now interactive marketing. The reason is because of all of this. Look at how many gadgets we have around us right now at this given moment. How many dings and bings and things are going on around us in our lives. People no longer are relating to, people want to engage and interact. People want more from you. It's different. The sales process is different so than what we think. 10 years so ago, it's
1: like, You make an email campaign. They read your email. They click. They buy. You're saying now it's like we got live stream. They're commenting. They're asking questions. They're chatting with you. Let's go back even uh, longer. Let's go 20 years ago.
0: uh, Direct mail. You got a piece of mail in the. You went walk it to your mailbox. You get a piece of mail. You come out. It multiple multiple page sales letter. You're reading, you're reading, you're reading at the end and you're excited and it sounds like, oh, let's say cryptocurrency was 20 years ago and you're like, wow, this sounds amazing. I want this, I want this, you know, I want this new financial uh, newsletter. At the end, it's like, hey, if you want this, call us at this number and get it. And you're like, all right, what else are you gonna do? Right. You're not going to run to Google. You're not going to run to Facebook. You're not going to ping message and check Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook. So he's just going to buy that thing. Yeah. Today, you're going to say, all right, we're going to go to Google. You're going to type in this and bam, the noise begins. Yeah. Everyone's coming at you. Well, I always ask this question. If you're at a restaurant and you have two people next to you, you have a stranger and you have a friend and you have a hundred dollars and someone said, you can give it to your friend or you can give it to the stranger. Who are you more likely to give the hundred dollars to? Probably your friend. So, the same situation here. Why is that friend your friend? They're your friend because you've shared experiences with them. They've told you about their life. You know about them. You know who they are. You're connected to them. You understand them. So, it's almost
1: a fan base that you're yes. building.
0: So, with content, you're delivering value, building reciprocity, showing someone you know your stuff. Yeah. So, when it's time for them to put money out, it's risk free for them. They're like, you know what, man, Ty knows social media. I know he knows social media because he spent the last month teaching it to me. So if I wanna learn social media, I'm gonna go to Ty. I'm not gonna look around. I don't need to look around, right? So in content, there's two things I love to do, two concepts I always teach. Actually, there's more than two, but we'll get through a couple of them. First and foremost, content can quickly get very overwhelming. So content can turn evil too in a sales pitch. It can literally derail people, unless you keep it like this, linear and very, very easy to understand. So when I was doing this video, I drew this, this was a diagram, I I literally say, either keep your content linear like as a list, or draw a diagram. Mm -hmm. Because people can, people are visual, most people are visual, people can process things quickly. So right here, I drew a diagram, this came, I, I had no idea this was gonna come out this way, but that was where I went naturally. Even when I teach content, I go over my formula. So now what I'm doing is I'm delivering value. And you know how I'm building credibility in your mind is not by telling you how awesome I am or how many awards I've won, but it's by actually teaching you stuff that makes you go crap, wow. So I call that the aha. The more ahas you get, and I've actually seen and tested this, three in a presentation. Three to five is your magic number. Below three is too little, above five is too much. You're overkilling it. So three to five major aha moments where someone says, huh. And right. not, not the how. So you never teach someone the how because that's the product, the what. There has to be something you say that makes them go, ah, he's right, right? So the fact that I said linear and diagram may have made you go, hmm.
1: Yeah. That's, that's pretty unique, so I like, it's I like that. that. it's kind of that. I always think aha moments are like the merging of two things. One is, I would say, put it this way, a simple but profound message. Yeah. So you can have a complicated message that's profound, but the average person is busy. They're on social media. They don't have time to process. Yeah. Even when you think about Albert Einstein, who talked about some of the most profound thoughts in human history, which are, you know, theory of relativity. He just EMC squared. The average person doesn't understand EMC squared, you know, energy, mass, the constant squared. But he once described it this way. He said, time is relative. Just like if you're on a date with a pretty girl, yeah. one hour goes by in one minute. Yeah. But if you're out and around people you don't like, yeah. one minute seems like <laughs> one hour. Yeah, yeah, it's the opposite. So he yeah. goes, time is relative. And so he, that's like an aha moment. People are like, oh, I, I understand it. So he could have said, in a the theory of relativity like okay you know and then start gravity a, good, yeah. b- a heavy no. mass bends gravity and no. all but people would be like it's profound <laughs> yeah it's com- but it's too complex so yeah. that aha moment in your content i found needs to be profound but simple enough that busy people can get get it real quick yep absolutely so content's where i'm
0: going to build my i'm going to literally build my credibility i am actually going to deliver something of value to you so that you have no desire to look up my competitors right because our relationship has already gone beyond that and that's really it and i actually spend so if i'm doing a webinar right Mm -hmm. webinars are popular if i'm doing a webinar Forty to fifty percent of my webinars right here. Content. Yep. I'm, I, and then so you'll
1: use this transition. Then what do you do here? You take the transition. Well,
0: so here's here's the thing, right? So there's a little there's a little problem that can happen. So if you've done one, two, and three really well, people like you. Yeah, you're you're a likable guy, and so you're kind of like their buddy and you're yeah. their friend. So I always give this example of like you call your friend, and you're like, hey, meet me at the bar in half an hour. Let's have a drink. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll meet you at the bar. He shows up at the bar. And you're like, hey man, I'm so glad you're here. Listen, I wanted to tell you about this pen. I wanna, you know, it's only right. 100 bucks. So you're selling them right away. And your friend's like, what the, what the heck? I mean, it's such an uncomfortable concept, right? So when you build a relationship with someone, you go so far, it's hard to ask for money for it. Yeah. So the transition is what helps smoothen that process. And it's very simple. A transition, don't make it long. And by the way, if you're uncomfortable selling, if you're uncomfortable asking for money, because I have met some great, smooth, suave talkers who like to think they're salespeople, yeah. but man, they cannot ask for the sale. They're scared of it. If you're one, it's okay, make it quick. Make the transition, rip the Band-Aid. Don't, this, if you struggle here too long, you can ruin everything. So the transition is a why. Mm-hmm. Why are you asking me for money? Why do I have to pay you? And sometimes the answer can be as simple as I got walls I got computers to pay for, I got employees, I got a team, this is my main business, this is my livelihood. You don't say it like that, but you make that point. Right. That you're paying me because I'm giving you a lot of my time and my time has a value. Or sometimes, for example, if I said, buy this pen for $100, the first question that comes in your head is, are you freaking crazy? Right. Why am I buying a pen for $100? So in the transition, I'm gonna say, well, let me explain to you, by the way, if you look up pens, this pen costs at least 50 times more than other pens, but why would I say you should still buy it let me explain to you what's going on in this pen. And you're gonna take one minute to, to give them a list of reasons. So
1: you're Wolf of Wall Street. Jo- Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort was here. <laughs> and I was like, sell me this pen, you know, like in the movie. He has and, an interesting answer to that. But yours yeah. is basically, this is, in psychology, this is called reason respecting bias. Yeah, People need to have a reason. You can't yeah. just say, ah. Because sometimes I sell stuff and people are like, it's right, why is your program not free. And I'm like, I don't know. Why is Subway cost five <laughs> yeah. bucks? People, people will gladly pay like $10 for junk food at McDonald's. Yeah. But you're like, hey, you want me to show you what I spent a million dollars learning how to build an online business? People are like, no, that should be free. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. What, That's sometimes my what, transition.
0: What, what baffles <laughs> me is uh, we'll get requests all the time, right? People are, are asking for a discount or whatever. Yeah. And, and um, I've actually replied and said, the very laptop or computer that you're using to message me on, did you ask them for the same thing? Right.
2: Right. you, know? did you ask them for 90% Because that choice off?
0: doesn't exist. So so in the transition, we make it so that we can annihilate that type of thinking right off the bat. And then in the pitch, we move to the pitch. Move quick. We move to the p- The transition is always going to be the shortest part. The introduction is usually the shortest, and the transition is even shorter. The pitch... I have a very die, you know, specific formula and-, and all of that, but at the end of the day, I like to say, what is the purpose? Because we're just talking psychology right now. The purpose of a pitch is to ask for the sale, but it's to build value. Here is when a transaction happens. A transaction happens when someone thinks they're taking advantage of you. That's the truth. Okay, so if I'm gonna give you this pen, and I told you this pen is now currently available for the next 10 days, or a penny. Someone says, what? A penny? Oh my God, that pen costs $1.50 at Staples, $1, you know, eighty at Office Depot. I'm buying. So you're taking advantage of me. You're getting a deal, right? So what I'm going to do in a pitch is I'm going to make a irresistible offer where I build so much value that the amount of money I'm asking for looks absolutely minuscule in comparison to what you're getting. And that's the purpose of a pitch. The purpose of a pitch is to simply build value, Right? Which is why that whole saying was invented of, but wait, there's more. Right. right. Or why we do bonus stacking as marketers because we're building up the value to such a point that it's absolutely irresistible. I'll tell you a funny story about I was buying a house. So I bought this house. We negotiated on it for a year,
1: okay? Damn. Yeah, you're a, a tough time. negotiator. Yeah, I, it, I, I would was, not want to be your realtor. I, I I'm like, I'm gonna it get out. commission on it's gonna buy my, buy this house. No, I stuck it I'd out. like to negotiate. For one year. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we, we did for a while. So you can imagine how committed I am to the house. And we finally got the deal. You know, I signed the check for the deposit, gave it to him, walked out, and I had this feeling in my stomach where I was like, fudge. Yeah. That, that's a huge check. And that's a big commitment. There's more, more of those checks have to be written in the near future. Did I just make the wrong move? And now it's too late, signed and out, I, I'm in. So I still knew I had three days I can back out. So for three, three days, I'm like tormenting myself, tormenting myself. Anyways, we stayed in the deal. One month goes by, two months go by, three months go by, and and they don't build. They don't build the. Uh, uh, I don't need it right now. So they don't build the house, right? It's not starting. I'm like, wonder what's going on. Why aren't they building the house? Fourth month, I get this letter from the. Um, I get this email from the builder with a nice attachment, and it says, "Hey, uh, we were hoping you just sign this. We decided not to build your house. We'd be happy to give you your um, deposit back. Just sign the addendum, please, and thank you." I'm like, wait a minute, what? And the whole time, my lawyer and my realtor were negotiating the deal. It's like you know, my lawyer's involved. So I, I call my realtor. I'm like, can they do this? He's like, no, it's a contract signed and done. I was like, I wonder, what are they trying to do? What are they trying to pull? He's like, I'll find out. So my lawyer and him go in and find out. The realtor, I mean, the, uh, the guy who is selling the house, he was, he was a very honest man, literally said, I can't, I, you know, my finance partner won't finance the house because we're actually losing money on it. Hmm. We over we over the deal. And it's not a good deal. And he's getting the best lot, the best house, additional options, everything at a cost. We could, we could sell it for a lot more. So my realtor calls me and tells me that and says, hey, remember you were telling me you may want out the deal, but well, you can get out the deal now. This is the reason they said it. And I was like, are you freaking crazy, man? Close that deal right now. I want that house. You make it happen. I'll take them to court. I'll do this. So suddenly, bam, change because I knew I'm getting a deal. Yeah. I'm confirmed. So that you create that environment. So in people the need to
1: feel like the value is 10 times yeah. what they're paying.
0: Check out a store that says going out of business. It's absolutely, it's actually a very shitty concept. Think about it. Someone's yeah. like, hey man, I'm losing everything. I'm going out of business. And they got a line outside their store. Those people showed up just two weeks ago. They wouldn't have to go out of business. Yeah. But going out of business, 50% off, man, people show up. Black Friday, you trample over one another, hurt each other, but you
1: want the deal, right? So it's I know, and people end up spending thing. money on stuff. They yeah. actually don't save money because yeah. they buy mo- they, they buy, buy more. more things of things that they Let won't me- even use. Why
0: do you think stores do that? Stores aren't stupid. Yeah. Man, they've been around. They know their data. They give you 50% off on one thing because gonna, you're going to come in and buy seven.
1: Yeah. They're That's like, too, about Thanksgiving, they sell turkeys for cheap. Lost leader, they call it, because yeah. you, once you're at the door, then they jack up the price of the cranberry, cranberry yeah. sauce, like yeah. every single thing. Exactly. So you're just like. Uh-oh. Exactly.
0: So the thing here, though, guys, is what I try to tell everyone about copywriting or selling or anything is you got to remember that word right there. It's all about the psychology. Yeah. It, everyone everyone who comes to learn copywriting from me, every single person, wants, will always ask me, what are the trigger words? What are the words I should use? And I literally say to them, I have no freaking clue. I am probably one of the worst writers you'll ever meet, but I can sell all day long. Because I understand the formula of the psychology. I understand the decision-making process of getting from here to
1: here and has nothing to do it's with more the more of words. a sequence than yeah. a specific word. It's a journey. Yeah, so it selling a like journey. Wolf of Wall Street, selling this pen is less about an exact word you say. It's even like you see these guys t- trying to teach people how to pick up women. And guys, number one question to them is like, what's the one pickup line that gets girls? And the truth is, there's Girls no. are more complicated than one line. It's yeah. not like anybody gets w- one magical phrase yeah. and can walk up to you know Victoria's Secret model and be like blankety blank blank, and she goes, "Oh, I'm in love with you." Like that's <laughs> yeah. an oversimplification of psychology. Yeah, people fall in love whether it's romantically or business wise with a like you said a story, a whole yep. set of psychological biases that you have to bring. Some yep. scientists call them. I call them the 25 cognitive biases. Let's see. Um, Paul Little. Paul Little is butthurt. It's all talk, but don't answer questions. That's because, Paul, we're fucking talking right now. It's not question (laughs) time yet. Haven't you been through kindergarten? You have the talk time and then the question time. All right, we'll get to the question time because Paul is butthurt. This world we live in, I'm pretty sure we could call this the butthurt age of humanity. Uh, (laughs) somebody said, Ty, don't ignore the haters. It's not a hater. I actually think it's funny. I just, am like, sometimes I'm like, I actually recorded a video last night and I was like, I think all of us humans are in trouble, myself included. (laughs) Just like our mentality, we were so weak willed that almost anything hurts us. And it used to be a time in history where People were like, I'm watching, uh, it's not a, it's kind of a true story, Deadwood. It's an HBO show, I don't know if you've seen it, but like, no. Buffalo Bill Cody, these dudes were tough, you know, <laughs> these guys slept, if they needed to sleep on the floor, they slept on the floor. Well, here comes somebody. <laughs> Who just turned the garage door? Nowadays, people are like, I'm on a live call. You didn't answer me right when I'm the only center. Per- I'm the center of the universe. <laughs> I don't see the other 30,000 people on here. You answer <laughs> me, Ty. <laughs> goo goo gaga. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. How, uh, Jose Acero said, How do you apply this psychology on an e commerce store? So I have a program um, on my website that teaches people how to sell household items. Like I've got a company selling books online. Let's see today. Uh, sorry, selling books. We ship people books. We also have an online version. I haven't checked the stats today. Let's see. It's made $47,000 today. You can see there. 47430 So simple household items you can build a business around. Some people are building businesses around T-shirts and they're building businesses around pet items and kitchen items and all this simple stuff. There's a guy who was selling Uh, Russell Brunson was at my house with ClickFunnels. They sold, he sold $20 million worth of Survivor flashlights, which are just like flashlights with like, I guess a little bit plastic tough casing. Mm. So how do you apply this to a simple like ClickFunnels or Shopify website where you can just, you know. It's
0: so funny. I I literally shot 20-minute video for your e-com program. Yeah. That said exactly that. I, I, I taught and I gave an example. So going back to this pen, right? I use this pen actually in the video as an example. So uh, in an e-commerce page, the introduction is really like the headline or it's just that top line, that bolded line. But a lot of times you go to e-commerce page, it says black marker, uh, series number 2415X. Right, it's like, dude, what does this do for me, right? So, you know, washable black marker, brand new. Um, currently 50% off or something. Create some excitement, right. what's in it for me? Why should I read, even if it's only four paragraphs, why should I read it, okay? Straight up, it's, it, so what I love about this five step formula in e-commerce is each is like bam, 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 yeah. bam. They're quick. So you get to this, yeah. you have a little story. Well, let's, yeah. talk, let's start by just first talking about psychology. Why in an e-commerce situation is the page, why can the page be so much smaller than if it's like a, like if you're trying to sell a book or try to sell an online course? Because when we land on e-commerce pages, we know we're going to be asked to buy something.
1: Yes. We're prepared. So you don't have to do the transition. You don't have to do it. When it's you go to Amazon, understood. you're not like, Jeff Bezos, how yeah. dare you? You <laughs> yeah. see, Jeff Bezos now is worth $107 billion. Yeah. I yeah. posted a cool Instagram post actually today. So,
0: so that's, that's the thing. You go on and you are absolutely already mentally prepared. So now all I need to do is just convince you to buy this product, my product. Right. Not buy a product to begin with. Buy this one. So, is quick. Now, story, this part can be done very quickly in an e com and that's only applicable if I have a cool story related to this. Is this an invention, is this my product, is this unique to me, how did I discover it? Or, it doesn't have to be mine, what is the story? Maybe this marker, um, you know,
1: has something unique about it, some unique technology. Yeah, maybe, for or example, in that marker, for me, I can give you a perfect example. I used to buy these, not this brand, I used to buy another brand, and every time if you leave the cap off for 10 minutes, would I will come back, go to right, and I was like, the pen was dead. I have to throw it away. So this pen is a better, this is true. I'm not even actually trying to sell this pen. I spent so much damn money on markers. I was like, find me one that doesn't dry out. So I found this one. So it's a little more expensive, but I saved tons so- of money.
2: Come join the conversation on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.